Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds podcast. This is episode 55, and this is Caitlin here recording with our special guest, Jamie McWilliams, today. And um, Eric and Slater are actually working, so since Jamie and I are not, um, we decided we would make a podcast episode. So, hi, Jamie. Hello. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because we've only been talking about it for forever. (laughs) I was thoroughly convinced you were never going to let it happen. (laughs) You were just, like, saying it so that I would feel good. No, it's not true. We just, you know, this year has been, like, a whirlwind. It's been wild, to say the least. I think we even were going to try and get you on it when I was in Hawaii. Yeah. What what a time that was. (laughs) That spontaneous trip to Hawaii that one time, end of January. (laughs) (laughs) So um, some of you probably already know that listen to the podcast regularly, that Jamie and I are friends and that she and I have gone on quite a few whale adventures together. But um, our little how we met story is... um, I went out to Massachusetts in the end of 2017 before the Halifax Marine Mammal Conference. And I originally went to actually go visit another colleague of ours. And Jamie was on the boat when I went out on the hurricane too with Cape Ann Whale Watch. And I was like, this girl seems nice. And, uh, <laughs> and then our boat whale- broke. And every trip you were supposed to go on with us got canceled. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not working. You want to hang out? <laughs> Yeah, so we like we took the off days from the water and went on some adventures, and then you guys came up to Briar Island too in Nova Scotia before the conference and met Jody and I. Yeah, we were watching in the zodiacs. That because first of all we went whale watching together, but first of all because the day that I was driving, which was the day prior, you guys got incredibly mugged, and you sent me some whale selfies. That <laughs> your whale selfies will always be better than mine, and it's tension <laughs> in our relationship. <laughs> If we have one tension in our relationship, it's the whale selfie game. Yeah, yours is way better than mine. <laughs> it's true. If if you have never seen any of Caitlin's whale selfies, tell her to send them to you. It should be on a. It should be a Patreon perk, honestly. Like <laughs> I should just upload them all to Patreon. I have so many from this summer, but I think that will be um our like little icon for the episode is because we have some together too. Oh, do we? Because usually yeah. you just take them with, like, Johnny or one of my interns. Oh my or <laughs> Also, the best one we could have taken, you would not turn around for because you were too busy staring at the whale. The eye. I was looking into the eye of a whale. It was, like, two feet in front of me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, Jamie and I have been whale friends for quite a while now. And um, we actually worked together this summer. Which is funny. I think the best part about our relationship is, so we met at the end of 2017, and we talked, you know, on and off throughout the year, like friends do. And then in 2018, we went to ACS, and I drove up to stay with you. And then I was like, you want to get matching Mola Mola tattoos? (laughs) It's like the second time that we hung out. (laughs) Third, but yes. Sometimes when you know, you know. Yeah. And then our, my good friend, Sammy Chang, who now has her own little um, art thing going on because she just graduated with her scientific illustration certificate. Um, she designed the Mola Mola tattoo for us. So, yeah. Shout out to Sammy. So nice. Sammy Chang. 
Um, so typically with guests, what we kind of go through is like, how'd you get into marine science? Like, what's your background? So right now you work for Cape Ann Whale Watch as the education director and the main naturalist. Um, and you started at Cape Ann as an intern. So if you want to talk a little bit about like what led you down that, that path. Okay. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, No, so I always had loved, like, the ocean and whales and marine life, like, my entire life, right, growing up. And uh, for, I don't know, I but I was born in Dallas, Texas, so I had actually, like, never learned, like, ever lived by the ocean before. And so I was, like, starting to apply to, like, colleges. I started at community college for two years. And I was, like, starting to apply to universities, and I was, like, I want to make sure that this is exactly what I want to do before I, like, spend all this time and money and stress. And so I had graduated high school semester early, and so I was, like, kind of ahead. And so I, like, literally just Googled whale internship, and I found a couple different opportunities. And uh, so I sent in an application for the program run on Cape Ann Whale Watch. And it's funny because I remember it was like the end of my fall semester. So it must have been like around December when I mailed in the application. And then I didn't hear anything until like the middle to end of March. And so like I just kind of assumed throughout that whole time that like I didn't get it or, you know, and uh And then I was, like, sitting in my English class, and I got a call from a number up here, and I was just like, I gotta take this. And so then I, you know, interviewed, and I took the position. So I moved up here in the end of June, 1st of July, somewhere around there in 2012, and then I stayed until the middle of November. So I stayed until the season was completely done. And, yeah, so, like, the first time I was ever on, a like, a big boat, like, I grew up on the lakes in Michigan, so I was on, like, you know, boats that would pull me tubing and stuff but my first time on a big boat my first time being on the ocean besides a dive trip and uh my first time seeing a whale uh was all right here on cape ann whale watch and so i did the internship and i was just like yeah i love this like i could do this forever and so i moved back to dallas and kind of worked for a few months to gather up some money ended up taking a job or taking my university career to Texas A&M Corpus Christi and went to school and uh, got involved at the Texas Sea Life Center like immediately after I moved down there and so I you know started volunteering there a lot and so that was like in the fall of 2013 and then in 2016 I was like I was like ready to get back into the marine mammal world. And so I planned with my friend Aaron to go to the American Cetacean Society conference, which was, that was in Monterey that year. And on a whim, I ran into Cindy, who was like, she's been the education director. She had been the education director at Cape Ann Whale Watch. And so she was like my supervisor when I was an intern. And so I ended up on the boat with her for the all day whale watch. And so her and I were started talking and I started picking her brain about like, hey, you know, um, these are things I want to do at the Sea Life Center education-wise. Like, what do you think? And by the end of our all-day whale watch, she had told me, like, that the naturalist she thought was going to not come back the next year in 2017. And so she gave me information about applying. And so I applied and I interviewed and here I am now. So, yeah, I 
was the full-time naturalist for my first two years. And then at the end of my second season, Cindy retired from being the education director. So that's when I got that little bump. And uh, yeah, I don't really know that I plan on going anywhere anytime soon. So. <laughs> so I forgot that you had gone to that 2016 conference because yeah. I was like, because Monterey was hosting and I was on the Monterey ACS chapter board at the time, I was like part of like all the logistics planning. I also still um, was working at Monterey Bay Whale Watch. And so like I planned that whale watch trip, but didn't actually go on it because after I sent you guys off the dock, I like ran back to the hotel to finish doing all the check-in prep. Mm -hmm. So like we kind of just like. I was like, it's, it's so other. funny to me that like we missed each other then. Yeah, and, like, I knew Cindy at the time, and, like, um, but I was mostly, I wasn't in most of the talks. I was, like, in the check-in table and, like, running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And yeah. <laughs> so I probably checked you in and didn't even realize, like. Yeah. Because I remember there being a bunch of Cape Ann people there, and I'm, I kept thinking, like, wow, they always travel so well for conferences. Like, it's amazing. Well, I think especially, like, for the ACS I mean, for SMM, too. Um, but for... I'm, I don't know how to turn my notifications off on my laptop for my text messages. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but I'm not really sorry to Caitlin. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> just kidding. This is part of our relationship. I'm just a jerk all the time. Um, yeah, so I think ACS is a, such a great opportunity, especially for students. Because it, I just feel like can sometimes be very student-focused. It's way less intimidating than... SMM you know what I mean so mm -hmm. like for this year I think I had like 12 interns from the past four years that I was trying to bring so um yeah I think that it's such a great opportunity so I always like to make my interns go well, I don't make them I offer it to them as much <laughs> so um I think we'll bounce around like backtrack a little bit in your story and then kind of like end back on the um, east coast stuff but um so you mentioned talk um tripping over my words <laughs> you mentioned interning and volunteering at the texas sea life center or i guess volunteering is a better word so let's talk a bit, little bit about that like what is the sea life center like what has your role been there over time that kind of stuff um the texas sea life center is a wildlife rehabilitation facility and education center in corpus christi texas so essentially our main goal is to take in sick and injured sea turtles and birds and native reptiles we don't do native mammals like in rehab um but we do just about everything else so we do like tortoises and snakes and stuff like that but um so our main goal is to take them in rehabilitate them and then release them back into the wild so in the same sense we are not funded by anything except for donations and now we offer tours and so that's like uh, so when you go on a tour, we have a bunch of like non-native education animals and some natives too, who have come to us through rescues over time, whether it be like owner surrenders because, you know, people don't want the reptiles anymore, or we work a lot with animal control, or if it is a native animal, then it's something that isn't releasable back into the wild. So when you come on a tour, you get to meet all of those guys, you get to see our sea turtle patients who are in care and kind of hear about our mission and learn about the animals and stuff like that. It's a really hands-on activity. So, so that's what the Sea Life Center is. <clears throat> now, the Sea Life Center opened to the public 
uh, and got their permits and started taking animals about a month before I actually started volunteering there. So I've really been there to do a lot of stuff from the ground up. Like I have helped build every enclosure. Like I remember when we got our first sea turtle patient, our first sea turtle tank. So now I still go back in the winter time. And my role when I'm there is I kind of like am the volunteer coordinator day to day. Like I give people tasks and, you know, make sure everything gets done. But I'm also like a rehab assistant, I guess you could say. Like I'm in charge of the day to day care and medications and all of that kind of stuff for all the animals, especially if the director isn't there, Amanda, who's also my best friend. And, um, I manage all the social media. I am also the education director there. So I work a lot with my friend Misty to plan camps and education programs and stuff like that, which COVID has been really hard for us. But one thing that it did allow for is more time to focus on the education stuff. So that's things that we're really looking forward to launching more in the future. So yes, I kind of like wear a lot of hats there, (laughs) but um, but you know, everything from dealing with the animals day to day to the people and just taking that opportunity to, I don't know, just educate. It's like my favorite thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, like you think you'll send me pictures of like birds and like things they've ingested or like being wrapped in fishing line and that kind of stuff. So, um, one time I, I pulled a lot of hands on stuff going oh, on. Yeah, one time I pulled a hook out of a pelican's butt. <laughs> one of my favorite stories I've had to climb power lines to get pelicans and other animals mostly pelicans um who have been like <clears throat> you know like if there's a lot of line on the power line so like fly into it and get stuck so you have to like cut them off and disentangle them and yeah one time we had a pelican who was like super weak and weird and he regurgitated a balloon and then the next morning he came in and he had died and so when we did the necropsy, we found a water bottle inside of his stomach, just like a full send, whole water bottle. So, yeah, I remember see, seeing the pictures of that. Like, it was impacted by, like, a full 16.9 fluid ounce yeah, single-use water bottle. Full water bottle. Anyways, we see we get to do a lot of fun things, too, though. You know, like, it's it's we get to raise a lot of baby birds, which is, like, one of my favorite things. And plus, there's my possum Jackson. And if you thought that you were going to let me talk about the Sea Life Center and I was not going to mention Jackson. No, I knew you were going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, So, okay, but you guys don't rescue small mammals. So how does the Sea Life Center have the opossum? Um, So our possum Jackson, I have to, like, throw my watch across the room because Johnny won't stop walkie-talking me. Um, (laughs) Johnny's the captain that we work for. (laughs) Sorry, I just, like, say everything that comes out. It just is no filter. Um, So Jackson is such a wonderful being. Um, Jackson is a Virginia possum. He's, like, a really cool red face, so he's not, like, super white and gray like other uh, other possums. He's beautiful. Um, But so basically we work a lot with animal control, and Jackson uh, was confiscated. Animal control had gone in. They had found out about this lady who was, like, had like 40 cats and like a dozen dogs and all these animals and in Corpus Christi City Limits you're allowed to have six pets okay not like six dogs and six cats like six pets like total and so uh so animal control had gone in to confiscate that those animals from her and they found Jackson she was (laughs) um hiding him and she had found him as a baby and raised him to be a pet and a cat and uh so 
they took that from her, took him from her, and but he was way too domesticated to be released. And so that's when the decision was made to keep him as an education animal. I mean, he is like the epitome of of a princess. Like so possums use their tail like for, you know, stability and stuff. They'll wrap it around things to hold on and like he like you could put I can put my finger in his tail and he like barely even wraps it around me like he doesn't know how to use his tail at all so his chances of survival would be very very minimum um in the wild which is why we decided to keep him so all right cool yeah I always wondered because I see you with pictures of him and I was like well if you guys don't do mammal rescue like why do you have a possum (laughs) like and I feel like um having possums as pets has become like a fad, you know? Yeah. Like I see a lot of Facebook stuff and Instagram stuff about it, but they're wild animals. You can't just take an animal out of the wild and make it a pet. That's not how that works. Yeah. And uh, it is illegal just because they're possums. They are protected. So um, that was the instance there. They were, he was confiscated. Yeah. Okay. So So, let's see here. Let's shift gears and go back to like, um, to Cape Ann Whale Watch. So this year, me seeing firsthand the operation, like the only thing I feel like I haven't gotten a chance to see when it's full-fledged is the intern program. And I did talk a little bit about um, promoting the intern program in previous episodes before COVID kind of changed the game plan. Um, But like we still have previous interns coming to help us on the boat, which is always nice to have them help do the data. But on a normal year, like what does it look like? It looks like you guys do lots of fun things. Yeah, so on a normal season, I have, like, four to five interns per trip. And, um, or, like, I guess I should say three to five. So, anyways, so um, we run, like, a full full education program because we carry, in a non-COVID year, 260 passengers. And I just feel like sometimes when you get a boat that big, like, you lose some of the, like, personal interaction. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so that's what I use the interns for. So they're divided into like three different jobs, right? So education on the way out to see the whales, because it typically takes us about an hour at least to get out to the area where the whales are. And then data collection while we're on whales and then education on the way in. So on the way out to see the whales, it's all like super biology focused and just like kind of basics, right? So we have baleen and teeth. um, So they'll walk around and talk about how baleen works. and then we have like a model of Stellwagen Bank. So that way everybody can learn like why the whales are here. And it's like cool to see like the visual representation of the slope as you explain the upwelling and stuff like that, you know? So, and then we have like a model of a humpback whale. And so we'll talk about like basic humpback whale stuff, like with pictures. So you'll like show them pictures and be like, oh, what do you think this is? You know, looking at the whale's body. So we can talk about things that I sometimes talk about on the microphone, but sometimes don't have enough time to. So like tubercles and blowholes and flippers and barnacles and pleats and like all that kind of stuff. So it's really cool. So those are some of the things we talk about on the way out. And then they collect data during the whale watch. So qualitative and quantitative behavioral data. Um, I have an intern camera, so one of them is in charge of taking photos. That way they can improve their photo identification skills. So a lot of times, like, even if I have a whale that I know, like, I'll let them identify it so they get familiar with that process and stuff like that. And then uh, when I have enough interns, they also do plankton toes, which is really fun. 
Um, and so then on the way back in, if we did a plankton tow, we have little discovery scopes that will walk around um, and show everybody like plankton samples so that they can see what's going on in the water. And then it's really conservation focused after that. So we talk a lot about marine debris and entanglements and stuff like that. We usually have a bunch of toys that we'll put out on the top deck for the kiddos to play with on the way back in um, and teach through learning and stuff like that. So um, we did an activity the past like three years where we have reusable bags that are like blank and we have a bunch of fabric markers. So they can buy a bag for $2 and like draw on them and decorate them and stuff, which has been really fun. So lots of things. Um, but yeah, it's been weird, like, cause I'm used to that kind of interaction with the passengers. So it's been weird this year, like trying to figure out, I don't know. I just don't feel like I can even approach most people with them not being weird. And so I was originally not going to do any education at all, but I think now doing the baleen and like a couple big talks where we're socially distant from groups and just approaching them if they have questions is a good way to go about it. But yeah, it's a little bit different than than a normal season. So it's been an adjustment for sure. Yeah, it looks like sometimes you guys also would take field trips like to Yeah. So I like to I don't know, I just want I got so much out of my internship that I just want them to get as much out of it as well. So like we've gone um, to the New Bedford Whaling Museum every year with the interns um, and the Center for Coastal Studies down in Provincetown. I'll usually take them there. And then we would go up to like like movie screenings. So Blue Ocean Society usually worked with the Seco Science Center in New Hampshire to do movie screenings. So we went to a couple of those or like lectures at the New England Aquarium or we did a couple beach cleanups, things like that. And then I also used to do like weekly meetings with them um, to just like cover more in depth certain things and I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah, well, I hope, you know, we we could get back to that someday, but Dude, yeah, for I, now it's, oh. it's definitely a tough, tough ask to bring yeah. interns up. And, and yeah, I had to wind up it. and, you know, they just had to take other opportunities and I, because like I didn't even know if we were going to run at one point, yeah. you know, and so I totally understood that and left the door open for them if they want to come back when things kind of settle down but yeah <laughs> can you hear Callan? in the background jamie's dogs are having a it's, big session they sound like they're outside oh could be <laughs> i don't know that's weird that's <laughs> all right um Jamie has two adorable dogs, and um, when I come over to her house to have food, they both, like, basically get all up in my personal space because they're hoping to have a bite. But they're so polite that they won't take it from me. They're just very good at begging. <laughs> they're ridiculous. I don't ever really even feed in, so I don't understand why it has become a thing. But, yeah. They just see me as a sucker. They're like, oh, we can if we look cute like, enough, she'll give us pizza. The only thing I super give in on is Calypso and the like coconut oil so I because I use coconut oil a lot like after I get out of the shower and so I swear to you she hears the shower turn off and then she listens for the jar to open and by the time I'm opening the jar she's already sitting at my feet just like can I have coconut please <laughs> <laughs> they're funny they're full of character yes definitely um so let's talk a little bit more about um this year so even though with coronavirus we weren't sure if things were going to be open and then we have limited passenger load and 
not the normal education program. Overall, I feel like we're getting the best out of what we could have for this season. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect from this season, but I feel like the passengers, for the most part, have been, like, super great. Uh, And I feel like they're super approaching you, which is nice, um, probably because you're around more than I am, but... um, But yeah, I feel like it's, you know, we're making do. And it was funny because like when we first started and I was, wasn't doing Baleen at all on deck and I was just doing it on the doc talk, like my interns were just kind of like, they didn't know what to do, you know? And so it was cool, like talking to them because like they missed doing that as much as like I did. And, and so they were the ones who were just like, is there a way that we can figure out how to do it? You know what I mean? And so it was like, I don't know, to me, it was really cool to have them be that excited about teaching and like missing that interaction with the passengers because I think for me like I see this all the time and I and I'm sure like hardly any passengers ever like believe me but I mean yeah I obviously love whales (laughs) a lot (laughs) um and uh so you know like I love my job because I get to spend time with them and and stuff like that but the passengers really do like make it or break it for me. Like I love hearing how excited they are when they mm-hmm. see the whales. And so I feel like we've had some good, really good passenger groups, like especially the past like week or so, um, two weeks. And I'm sure that only sticks out because that's what's most relevant and fresh. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think, well, and the whales this year have been close, which has also been super nice. Because... So nice. <laughs> Because then, you know, just as people are, what I notice on deck is like, I finished making my like rounds for engine room checks and cleaning and then maybe have a few questions on deck and people are starting, it's like 30, 40 minutes in the trip. People are starting to be like, when are we going to get there? You know, they're starting to get antsy already. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, luckily it's not too much longer, but I say, you know, it could be over an hour just in case it is. Yeah. Because I don't want them to be like, you said it was for only 15 more minutes and it's like uh, well they're wild animals <laughs> <laughs> but like sometimes yes but it's also sometimes no but like yeah. for the most part they've been an hour away or less which is which really is nice. awesome my first year in 2017 we were going 26 to 36 miles every single trip so that means like we leave at 8 30 and 1 30 right we were pulling into the dock at like 1 or 1 15 and then like getting all the pe- 260 people off cleaning the boat really quick and putting 260 people back on like it was wild and um so yeah and it's cool because like like last year the whales were relatively close too but they were on southern jeffrey's ledge which is i don't know one of my favorite places for them to settle in because it's just a really pretty coastal view mm-hmm. um and so yeah but having them on the northwest corner of Selwagon bank is awesome um and there's for the most part there's been days where it's kind of not a lot but i feel like for most of the season there's been a good amount of whales there too which is really exciting to see so. yeah and it's interesting so <clears throat> i think i've said this before like on other podcast episodes but like it's interesting that out here on the East Coast, especially the Gulf of Maine whales, like you guys know them all. Like yeah. they're easily identifiable and they're very, um, their site fidelity is really high. So they're very regular out on the different feeding grounds. And so it's interesting to watch like the whales kind of gather around the, 
the bank for a few days and then like different ones come in other ones leave yeah. someone shows up again like three weeks later it's pretty cool to like have all that information well it's cool like when you're a crazy whale stalker like i am and you've followed every whale watching page up and down the east eastern seaboard so like you know i could have owl on Stellwagen bank one day and then two days later granite state in new hampshire sees her on jeffrey's ledge you know what i mean so it's like yeah it's like cool to follow their patterns uh, like that. And there are some whales who, like when I saw Owl on Stellwagen, I was just like, what are you doing down here? Like, I'm really excited. Don't get me wrong. But like, you're usually further up north. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's cool. I love our whales. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely just like a couple things about it are like totally different from the West Coast. I mean, one, when we're on the bank, it's like 90 feet deep. And yeah. we're like... 12 to 15 miles offshore I'm like excuse me what (laughs) like it's 90 feet deep outside of Monterey Harbor so like you know it's wild um and and then that the whales can be so far away and like it's still feasible to do that in a trip because like even though the hurricane two is big it's fast like this is probably the fastest boat I've ever worked on so there's just some things about it that's just like totally different and then the temperature fluctuates a lot like day-to-day with the effects of the Gulf Stream and other storm systems. The swell can be, like, like it's going to be eight feet tomorrow, and then Wednesday is going to be two feet. You're like, excuse yeah. me, what? Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, How is that weird, possible? It's a, yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild area. I yeah, know. it's just, cool. like, it's so different from anything else um, that I've ever, like, worked in in the ocean so far. So that, that part's been pretty fun to just, like, see the differences. But, um... We have to go through your favorite whales list because Jamie, I swear, like almost every day, she's like, this is one of my favorite whales. And you're like, hold your horses. (laughs) But the cool thing about the high sight fidelity, the easily identified whales, the fact that like we have a catalog on the boat with like information about the whales, like allows you to build these relationships with these animals, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think, like about watching our whales that's one of my favorite things is it's not it's not only these relationships I develop with them but it's passengers too so like passengers will come out and they're like so when I was 64 and I was I don't know why I just quoted the Beatles like that but anyway (laughs) like like I watched across the universe the other day and that's like I don't know one of my favorite like subliminal uh things and across the universe anyways so um you know like when I was in school, I went whale watching and I saw this whale called Fern. Like, is she still around? And I'm like, yeah, affirmative. She is. Like, she definitely is still around. You know, and I can like, yeah. it's cool when they remember the whales just as much as you do. And that's yeah. that's the coolest part is it like gives you these memories associated with, I don't want them to just remember they saw a whale. I want them to remember that they saw Venom the whale or whatever. Yeah. 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 People definitely ask like... <laughs> People ask me on the boat, too, like, oh, have you seen salt? Oh, have you seen... A lot of people were asking about Colt this year, and I was like, Colt hasn't been seen for a while, but... Yeah, Colt, they had one of my days off, like, one or two years ago, I think. Um, I've never met Colt. But yeah, Nancy said but that he was a, a very... lot like Abyss this year. He was very friendly. Very, very notoriously friendly whale. It's almost like you pull up on Colt, you recognize it's Colt, and then it's like, hi, I'm rolling over for 45 minutes and scratching my back on your boat, you know. (laughs) Yeah. 
So Jamie was allowed to have 10 favorite whales, but she actually only has eight. I'm so yeah. glad you remember that because you were just talking about how I say every whale is my favorite. And that is how this stemmed, right? Is like, I was, we were out on Southern Jeffrey's Ledge and a lot of my favorites were hanging out in the same area. And so I would see like three or four of my favorite whales every day. That's incredible. And so I'd be like, oh yeah, this is another one. I've hit. And my crew members were giving me such a hard time. And they were like, you need to write a list. You say every whale is your favorite whale. And I was like, that's not true. It's just that a lot of my favorite whales are in the same area. <laughs> and I couldn't even fill up the list because it has to be something that, I don't know, sticks out to me. Dr. Pepper break. <laughs> she had to hydrate before she gives the list. All right. Whale number one, Fulcrum. Uh, she's actually tattooed on my back. I also have this really gut feeling that she has passed away, which is sad. She hasn't been seen in like five years. Um, Fulcrum is one of my favorites just because, so I chose her as my tattoo when I was an intern because when I told my mom I wanted a whale tattoo, she was like, that's fine. Like it means a lot to you. Just like try to put as much meaning into it as possible. Right. So I like kept track of my first breach and the first whale that I saw and like all of this stuff. But Fulcrum was just this like, incredible whale like we had so many good memories with her we had her close to boat like friendly interacting with the boat um one day she was sleeping and like drifted into the bow of the boat um i saw her breaching i saw her open mouth feeding and on top of that she's like what i consider a warrior whale and as i go through my list like you'll realize a lot of them are that like have stories you know um she's hit by a boat so her back is all like I don't know, jagged, like a Stegosaurus. Um, so yeah, so she's, she's just, I think, has a really good story and as a reminder as to, like, why I do what I do, you know? So that's Fulcrum. So she's my number one girl, but uh, because she's passed away, I have, like, a number one B, you know what I mean? Which is Spoon. <laughs> the great almighty Spoon. Uh, I also have a tattoo for Spoon. It's literally a Spoon. Um... Spoon's a great whale. She's been seen since 1977. She's had 11 calves since we've been watching her. Her most previous one in 2018. She, I don't know how much. It, it, why do you want to tell? Spoon's a grandma. I mean, she's like an old lady whale. I don't know if we can say she's been documented to be a grandma, but she's she's definitely an old girl. Yeah, she's she is, and I think the thing for me is like I just think that she's incredible because like she sleeps a lot <laughs> a lot a lot and uh when when she does like she'll sleep right next to the boat like she doesn't care yeah. and so I just feel like she's very trusting but even more so than that like even if she's just sleeping which is definitely what like that's what she does you know what I mean like so even if she's just sleeping she still manages to just put like the biggest smile on people's face like and people are just always so excited to see her because she's a whale. And then after I tell them more about how cool she is, then they're excited to meet Spoon. You know what I mean? And, like, I don't know. I think that that's just how I try to live my life. Like, I just want people to always put smiles on people's faces. And no matter what it is that I'm doing, like, if I'm just being an idiot or if I'm, I don't know, <laughs> doing something but else. But she's huge. Like, she's I finally saw her in the flesh and, she's wow. Right. Oh, you mean the time that you surprised me with her? Yeah, that would be cool. Um, <laughs> no, so she's been documented to be, like, one of the largest whales 
in our population. And I need to find, I don't know where Oceanline published this, but like, I've heard like three different numbers from three different naturalists. One of them said that she was measured with a measuring tape at 52 feet, and then that she measured with the drone at 54 or something like that. But then I've also heard the same number in the 60s. So I would believe more of the 60 range. Like, yeah. Oh, big. Yeah, so I need to, maybe that's what I'll do on my next couple days off since it seems like we're going to get more of those. Um, Is just like, see if I can find that article. Oh, but, yeah, she she peck slapped, and, like, I think I said under my breath, that looks like a windmill turbine blade. Yeah. And now, I should not, whoa. Her flippers are ginormous. Yeah. Ginormous. Her flippers are unreal. They're flipping great. <laughs> I will say, I have one beef about Spoon, and that's because the marking on her tail does not look like a spoon. <laughs> you haven't drank enough beer yet. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, okay, so let's backtrack for a second. How did the, for the people that don't know this, how did whale naming used to go in the past? And how do you get some of these really creative names? Okay, so first things first, we only like to use the same name once. Yes. And that's because it's not only just to, like, create that personal connection between the passengers and the whales, but it's for scientific studies. So if we had two spoons or two fulcrums or two bounces or whatever then it would be rather confusing to know which one you're talking about but if you just have one then everybody knows the exact whale you're talking about so i always have to lay that curtain so whale naming used to be like all of the naturalists and researchers and scientists in the eastern seaboard who utilized the catalog and names and they would all get together like and have like a physical party and they would put the uh, pictures of the whale tails on the wall and then they would like do the voting and submission all there but they would do it for, like, six-plus hours, probably. You know what I mean? Like, in those days when that was how it was done, like, there were already always whales to be added to the catalog. Um, and so you can imagine, like, the longer the night goes on, you know, you're naming more whales. You have to get more creative because you can only use the same name once. And then you're, like, drinking a lot of adult beverages. And so <laughs> it kind of causes it to get a little bit more creative. You know what I mean? But, I don't know, when you, so the thing about Spoon is, like, you'll have to put a picture of her tail up on your podcast or something so people can see what we're talking about. Um, But, like, Spoon, when you look at her tail, it's, like, all black, and then on each side, she has, like, these, like, faint white marks, and I've had people tell me that the one on the left looks like the, what do you call that, like, the mouth of the spoon the actual spoon part not the handle but like scoop part the scoop I'm yeah um and so like I've looked at that marking and I'm like yeah okay but then when you look like when we name a whale it's like whatever your eye is drawn to immediately you know what I mean then that's the marking they're named after and when you look at spoon's tail it's like that white mark right to the left of the center you know what I mean and yeah it doesn't and you like, if you just, like, look at it and you're like, yep, that's a spoon, then it, that's what it looks like. But if you start putting a lot of thought into it, then you're going to be like, yeah, no, that's not, not. Yeah, I think, so one day when you were talking about her, I stepped in the wheelhouse after I had gotten a good picture of her fluke, and I zoomed it in and looked at it, and then I showed it to the captain and was like, 
except for um, Echo. Yeah. yeah and then at your sketch, it's more of a behavioral thing, why she's your favorite, right? Yeah, yeah. Because she does really cool kick feeding, and I just think that she's a really cool whale. Yeah. And I like her name. It's cool. I've played with at your sketches a lot as a kid. I don't know <laughs> that I did that. I actually remember playing more with light brights than at your sketches. But anyway. I played with both. But um, So, yeah. So, Venom... That's an interesting story, and that's actually pretty cool that Nancy, um, who is one of our educators on board, um, posted, like, Venom's life story on the Cape Ann Whale Watch Facebook page. So if you scroll back through our posts on there, you can actually read the full story because she is, like, missing part of her fluke, but um, she didn't always look like that. They have a pretty clear timeline of, like, her entanglement and, like, how she survived it, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, she's a warrior, and she still has given birth, you know, like. <laughs> So still, still hanging in there. Yeah, she has a calf this year, and so pretty baby whale, huh? I said it's a cute little baby whale. Yeah, it has a really cool tail too. Yeah, lots of stripe marks all over it. Yeah, and then Valley, you can see her like from a mile away because she has no dorsal fin. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's yeah, she's cool though. She's a cool whale. I I think. I don't really know why she became a favorite other than I just had some really cool encounters with her. Like, especially my first year on the water. Like we had a lot of curious calves that year. Um, and Valley and her calf were curious about the boat several times that year. And I think once you look at the eye of a whale, then it's like, they're forever one of your favorites, you know? Um, but yeah, she's, she's a cool whale. And every time I see her, I just want to sing ain't no mountain high, ain't no Valley. Low. <laughs> Just like serenade her. <laughs> Jamie talks to the whales a lot. I do. I do. And they never respond, but it's okay. <laughs> Most of the time she does it off the microphone, but every once in a while she does it on the microphone. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. So, let's see. I have another question and it, like, escaped my brain. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, we talked a little bit historically about how na- whale naming works. But how does it work now if, like, if it were to ever happen again? Because it's been a while. But yeah, now, is- what's the typical process? Um, from what I've been told, it's online. So, the Center for Coastal Studies will put together, like, an album. Oh, shoot. Oh, the right whale naming. The right whale naming, yeah. Um, So they'll put together, like, an album, and then you can submit, like, what you think the name should be and why and what the marking's after. So submissions is open for, I don't know, a week or two, and then it closes, and then it reopens for voting. And so basically the best name submission would win. Nice. Well, I hope someday they do it again. That'd be yeah, me too. I've been in Nationals for four years, and I haven't even gotten to watch a name a whale yet. And I have some pretty good names up in here. <laughs> and we've definitely been watching whales this season that I think have earned their spot on like the to be named list. Yeah, right? there's some unknown whale, or unnamed whales from 2015 that have been around, especially one in particular. And then um, Echo's 2014 calf has been a regular out on the bank this year. So I feel like it's high time to name a few of them because I think they're going to stick around. Yeah, I don't know why Echo's 2014 calf didn't. So the last whale naming they did was in 2016. And I don't know why that whale didn't get named because, like, I don't know. Maybe they didn't see it much in 2015 or 16. But, like, I clearly remember seeing it on 2017 because it was, like, the naturalist for my intern year, Zach had brought his family out and his mom had been on multiple whale watches before and had never seen a breach. And we were down in Provincetown and on our way home, we saw whale breaching. So we stopped and it was Echo's 2014 calf. And um, I got, I got this sick picture of it. It was like parallel with the water. It was like, it was oh, levitating. Nice. It's really cool. Um, so, you know, it's a whale. And then I've watched it every season since then. So I don't know why it hasn't been on the board to be named, but. Yeah, yeah, other whales that are the same age as it are named. Like, yeah, so. like, we've been seeing a lot of 2014 calves this year, like yeah. Abyss and Sprinkles. And um, there was like two others that I thought of when I started making that list. And then now they've gone away from me. But well, yeah, yeah, Sprinkles, Abyss, Spell. Spell, yeah. 2014 to Wizard. There's another one that we saw recently. I can't remember who it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think it's, I mean, it's pretty cool to have, like, those total histories of of the whales. And then you can make, like, these big match lines of, of whales as well because you have animals like salt who have been around for 45 years and has returned with 16 calves that have been yeah. documented every year. And that's, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so. she's an amazing whale. Yeah. I don't know. Whales are cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about um, other not humpback whale things that you can see like out of Gloucester. Okay. Well, first of all, sometimes if you're really lucky, you get to see right whales and nothing really beats seeing a North Atlantic right whale. 
Um, but if you want to see a right whale, honestly, a North Atlantic right whale, the best thing to do is like April or May and go uh, down in Provincetown and just try to watch from the beaches because even on a boat, we can't get close to them. Yeah. So usually I have enough time to point out that this is a right whale, say that we're not going over to it and then like explain why we're not going over to it and then we continue going. Um, but yeah, right whales are pretty incredible. Uh, we see them more in the spring every once in a while in the fall. Uh, the past, well, I don't know what the spring was like, of course, because I wasn't on the water this spring. But the past three years on the water, for me, have included a lot of say whales, which has been wild. Um, we see fin whales semi-regularly, although we haven't seen them much at all this summer. Minky whales. Um, that's most of the big whale species. And then... Harbor porpoise, Atlantic white-sided dolphins, they're the two most common uh, tooth whales. And then, like, the next, still very uncommon, but, like, maybe a couple times in the fall we see are the common dolphins. And then um, on the water with me, in my years, I've seen Rizzo's dolphins, pilot whales, and bottlenose up here. So, growing up in Texas, like bottlenose dolphins meh but seeing bottlenose dolphins up here was like really really cool um you know so yeah have you only seen pilot whales that one time september 9th 2012 (laughs) oh during your internship that's right yeah so yep well yeah we got to see rizzo's dolphins this season we have seen common dolphins a couple times and there was a report of bottlenose dolphins but they were much further south than we could have gone to so yeah so it's been good so far pretty exciting stuff yeah especially because i feel like usually you see like the different species more in the fall and like we saw the rizzo's dolphins i feel like kind of early so it makes me really excited to see what the rest of the season is going to produce yeah, whenever we get done with this hurricane. What's the name of this one? It's the T. I don't know. I just watched the report on it, but that's another thing that's, I mean. You're my meteorologist, remember? <laughs> I don't know anything. I literally will text, I for everybody listening, I literally will text Caitlin and be like, what's the weather like today? Or <laughs> what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is that she looks at usually produces better results than my own. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just watching the hurricane report this morning, but I forget what the name of the one that's coming up the eastern seaboard is, but it's headed for Canada, but it's making some nasty weather over here, too, um, as it passes by, and that's something that's... hurricane hitting Canada is wild. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's something that's new for me also, because, like, in Monterey we definitely have had some of the roughest weather like that I've ever seen or ever operated on, but like we don't get hurricanes. So. Oh yeah. Hurricane. Um, and then like in Hawaii, I left before the, before Douglas or whatever went through. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually one is hitting like Corpus Christi right now. I think it's yeah. on, like a category one or something. I don't really know. I mean, it's the beta hurricane. Cause they're already in the Greek alphabet and it's September. <laughs> Yeah, but one of my friends was just posting some videos of it being crazy and wild at her house. So I need to call and check on the Sea Life Center. Things to do today. (laughs) Well, um, the only other thing I wrote on my list is that we could 
briefly talk about all the marine mammals that we've seen together. I mean, we've talked about some of them, but you and I have actually been together for some pretty rare animal sightings. Hawaiian monk seal! Yeah. Yeah, we saw a Hawaiian monk seal together at um, Ho'okipa this winter in Maui. So that was pretty amazing. We went for turtles, and then the lifeguard was like, stay away from the monk seal. And we were like, what? (laughs) And it was behind us on the beach, so that was amazing. And I took you to see North Atlantic right whales. Yes, and we saw North Atlantic right whales together from the beach also. Yeah. We saw them probably closer from shore than we could have ever seen them from the boat. Yeah. Uh, We tried like three days to find them. Yeah. We finally did. And it was raining and it was freezing cold, but it was so worth it. Yeah, very worth it. And then we've seen say whales, fin whales, minky whales, humpback whales. Oh, yeah, you got to see say whales when you were up here last spring. Yep. I think we just had one, but I did think it lunched. It did. Yeah, we got to see it lunch feed, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. And we saw a dead whale together. Vector, yeah. Yeah. And then what did you see when you came to Monterey? Did we see Rizzo's or just humpbacks? Um, When I was with you, when we got our tattoo? Yeah. We saw Rizzo's. We didn't see lags, but we saw Rizzo's. Yeah. And humpbacks. And uh, yeah, I think that was it. I think the funniest thing about the humpbacks was... They were so close to shore. It was like in the fall when they kind of come inside the bay and they feed right off of like the sand dunes and seaside and marina. And you were like, you have land in the background of all of your yeah, photos. Yeah, took some of the coolest photos of like whale tail and dune. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that Yeah, that's why I like watching whales off of Jeffrey's Ledge like in our areas because you get like the coastal look behind it. Like I love taking pictures in front of Thatcher Island, which is the twin lighthouses off of Rockport. But then I remember that one time, where did we go? Moss Landing, where we saw a bunch of stuff from shore. We saw well, we saw otters. Oh, yeah. we saw otters, bottlenose dolphins, cat, uh, California sea lions, and humpback whales. Yeah, all from That's shore. Wild. Yeah. Oh, and we saw the red-footed booby. Oh yeah. Up in um, at Seacliff State Park. Yeah. That was a good day. Yeah, got ice cream with like something on it, like marshmallow milk. fluff, toasted marshmallow. That was super yummy. At Penny Ice Creamery. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Oh, and when I was on, when I went out one of the days with Eric, um, when I came to visit you, there was a stellar sea lion, a couple of stellar. Oh sea yeah, lions. on the buoy. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was the first time I had seen them. So. Yeah. So we yeah. checked off a lot of animal sightings together. Yeah. As whale adventure buddies. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully COVID ends soon so that we can continue. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to go whale watching again up in Canada and, you know. Yeah. I want to go up to Cape Breton and see the pilot whales so bad. Yeah. So bad. But we'll see. I mean, we're just going to have to ride it out until it's over. But I'm glad we've been able to get out this season and been able to take people out to see whales. It's always been nice. And I think it's, like, you're going to think that this is so cheesy. But, like, it really has been fun, like, having you here this summer. You know what I mean? Because, like, I don't know. It's just, as, first of all, it's the most time we've ever spent together, ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's been cool. And it's just, I don't know, it's just nice having you, like, I don't know, around all the time on board to make fun of everything I'm saying on the microphone. 
Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Question for you. Huh? I have a question for you. What? What has been one of my favorite jokes I've told on the microphone this year? Oh my god. (laughs) Jamie's a fan of puns. So if you follow me or her on Instagram, you'll see every once in a while a video where I'm trying to take a video of the whale and she (laughs) sticks her head in there like we saw A plus and she leans her head over. This is an A plus encounter. Um, or are you in denial about seeing this whale? Watching Niall the humpback whale. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Um, I know you find it annoying sometimes, but I think it's really cute when Johnny gets on the microphone, the captain, he takes the extra microphone, he's like, hey, Jamie. Oh, the calf- decaffeinated whale? Yeah, he's like, what do you call a whale that just had a calf? <laughs> a decaffeinated whale. My favorite thing about letting it, captain johnny talk on the microphone is then i always like apologize that he talked on the microphone after he gets off (laughs) or like he gets so butthurt when i talk about on the microphone how much i like whale watching with you and then he's like i thought i was your best friend yeah sometimes jamie tells the passengers that we're best friends and then johnny gets sad because he's like i thought i was your best friend (laughs) (laughs) um the flipper one that you you say that one every day so Jamie talks about the structure of the flippers and she talks about how it's all the same bones as us, except they don't have a thumb. So they can't give you thumbs up for a job. Oh, well done. <laughs> that was one of my favorite. I, I tell it every day, every trip. And it still makes me laugh sometimes. And then at the end of the trip, when the whale flukes for the last time, she's like, and that's the tail end of our trip. <laughs> yeah. You know what else I've started doing at the end of my wrap up too, is I'm like, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, whatever it entails. Yeah, I was like, I think and nobody ever it. picks it up. And I'm just like, oh, gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are some of my favorite ones. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Or what about the day? I don't even know why I said this. When I just remember looking over at you, like, in disbelief myself that these words had just come out of my mouth, only to find you, like, dying laughing when I was talking about how the whales like to keep me on my toes where I wear sandals what does that even mean like what I think that's why I was laughing I was like what did she just say on the microphone (laughs) oh god if there's anything about how I who I am as a naturalist it's usually pretty entertaining so yeah, you just it never quite know what she's entertaining and educational. <laughs> but it's like it's like what like striking that balance, right? Like walking the line of like how much of it is entertainment and how much of it is actually like educational, which is always good. No, I don't. I feel like you don't ever cross it. You know, like I feel like you do a good job of like always having a good, clear like you're giving scientific information, but also like keeping it light and fun. Yeah. And we have a pretty fun crew this year, which is something I also thoroughly enjoy. Me too. Me too. It's been nice. So on a normal year, I would invite you all to come see us before the end of the season at the end of October. But the state of Massachusetts only allows people to come from seven states right now. um, Unless you want to go through a whole like COVID testing regimen and all that stuff. So um, as much as I would love to see you all out here, you know, do the most prudent thing 
you can. If you can come and make it work and follow the protocols, great. But if you can't, we plan to be whale watching together again, hopefully next summer. So yeah, hopefully. It's about to get well said. I was like, you're not gonna like leave next year, are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my plan. My intention is to be again with Cape Ann Whale Watch next summer, as long as you know the bosses will have me and yeah. uh, and there's a full season hopefully next year I'd like to work the spring because I feel like I missed out on that part this year but yeah the spring is usually fun but you know you just got to roll with the punches and at least for whale watching you know like I just keep thinking about that like it could be so much worse yeah I could still be in my parents basement (laughs) and here you are (laughs) let's check by my friends 14 miles away from me I think maybe (laughs) something like that Jamie doesn't actually live in Gloucester. I do. I just walk to the whale watch every day, but Jamie commutes a little bit. Yeah, so. that's not bad. Yeah, make it work. Yeah. Well, thanks for um, being on my podcast. Thanks for and- letting me be on your podcast. <laughs> and um, Eric and Slater would have been here if they could, but Eric is working a whale watch trip right now, and Slater is um, actually out at sea running as an overnight captain for an offshore um charter so he is literally out of cell range and eric has got his hands full with passengers in Cal- in monterey california so um they wanted to be here but we're just trying to work around our schedule and being three hours ahead and we'll get them back on here eventually they're still seeing whales and dolphins and being on the ocean so i'm happy for them yeah and since we're not working for like five days in a row i figured you and i should do something <laughs> I feel so honored. <laughs> Here's to many more podcasts together. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, if you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you can definitely check things out on there. I will start posting on there again. Um, and thank you again to our Patreon uh, supporters through everything, through um, you know COVID and crazy weather and moving across the country and all of that. We really, really appreciate um, your continued support of the podcast. If you're interested in getting in behind the scenes content, which may include whale selfies of me, <laughs> um, you can check us out on uh, whale nerds. So it's patreon.com slash whale nerds. Um, and you can get behind the scenes content there, including like the video recording of our episodes, not just the audio and sometimes photos and sometimes little gifts. So um, definitely check it out on there or just send us a message if you're interested. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Whale Nerds or on Facebook at Whale Nerds. So thanks so much for listening and have a good rest of your day. And we'll talk Whatever to you. Whatever it entails for you. Whatever it entails for you, as Jamie said. <laughs> <laughs>